0: Hi everybody,
1: this is Gineng Remonyae and this is the Service Design Show. Hi everyone. My name is Mark Fontaine and welcome to a brand new episode of the Service Design Show podcast. This show is all about helping you to design organizations that put people at the heart of their business. My guest in this episode enjoys walks along the beach of Cape Town. She's currently the program manager at the Hasno Plattner Institute of Design, better known as D school at the Cape Town University. Her name is Kenilwe Munei. In this episode, Kaniwa and I will be talking about how to use design thinking to empower people so they can improve their own lives. We'll talk about how to turn the desire for more sustainable solutions into a reality. And finally, we'll talk about how to educate in a way that allows students to actually add value from the day they graduate. If you haven't done so already, be sure to check out our Instagram page and our YouTube channel where you'll find more content that's not included here in this podcast. And if you haven't done so already, reach out to me on LinkedIn, send me a message letting me know that you're listening to the podcast. I'd really appreciate that. Now without further ado, let's jump straight into the talk with Kenilwe. Welcome to the show, Kenilwe.
0: Thank you very much, Mark, for having me
1: i'm really excited to have you on you're the first guest from south africa so i'm really interested to hear your perspective for the people who don't know who you are could you give a brief introduction who are you what do you do Hi,
0: everybody. My name is Ginei Lomunyai. I am one of the program managers at the Hassel Plattner School of Design Thinking at the University of Cape Town. I've been working um, at the DISCO since 2016, and the DISCO started in 2016. So I've been there since the beginning.
1: Cool. And uh, yeah, the the DISCO, everybody knows it from um, uh, Stanford, I guess. Um, Some people might know it from Berlin. But I think yes. not a lot of people know that there's also, I don't know, a chapter, or how do you call it, in, in Cape Town?
0: Yeah, so we are part of the D-School family. Um, we are part of the network of Isoplatina um, Schools of Design Thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, we work closely with the other, or we engage with the other D-Schools as well. In fact, they've helped us to set up the D-School in Cape Town. Hmm. So We cool. are all funded by the Hasselblad Trust.
1: <clears throat> nice, really. It must be an exciting time to actually get the opportunity to be part of the D School family, I guess.
0: It is. It is, and also I, I think exciting in the sense that um, there is these two schools of design thinking that are well established, um, but they are different in terms of the context. Hmm um we are a school of design thinking in africa and we run programs not only in south africa but on the rest of the continent as well or at least that's what we are trying to do
1: I, i'm really the, again yeah yeah go ahead
0: it, i was just gonna say that the the context is is quite different from the other two schools we're going design. to talk
1: about that yeah for sure yeah. um yeah. <clears throat> can you, uh We're going, this is the service design show. And I always ask the question to my guest, what is the first time that you got in touch with service design? Do you remember? Is there a time that you got in touch with service design?
0: So the first time I heard about service design was at university while I was studying. Um, So my background is in textile design. I studied textile design. Hmm. And um, in my fourth year, I decided to explore um, footwear design. And then in my master's degree, I decided to look at uh, manufacturing systems, particularly focusing on the leather industry. And while I was doing that, I started developing an interest in issues of sustainability and while I was doing research around issues of sustainability, I started hearing more about service design as right. well. And yeah. um, and since then, I mean, I've, even though my interest is more on issues of sustainability, I still engage with people that are working in the service design space and also in design thinking, there are elements of um, service design.
1: And they are yeah. all interlinked and closely related. So, exactly. Uh, exactly. Um, <clears throat> You've sent me three really interesting topics to talk about. I've sent you a bunch of question starters. We're going to use them to do interview jazz. Are you ready to start?
0: Yes, I am.
1: All right. Let's uh, let's kick off with the first topic. And the first topic, uh, yeah, let's do this one. Oh, yeah. The first topic is called democratizing design thinking. And do you have a question starter and can you show it to us?
0: Okay, my question is, what if?
1: What if? Yeah. What is the question that you want to create around this?
0: So what if we democratized um, design thinking? Mm -hmm. And by that, what I mean is, what if design thinking was not only, you know, driven in certain spaces? What if we were to open it up so that it's accessible to everybody to communities to even those that cannot afford to pay for programs? Um, What if we were to take design thinking into, you know, rural schools, rural communities? Mm. What would happen? Because, because right now,
1: yeah, because right now, design thinking, uh, from your perspective, is still uh, done in, I don't know, uh, more affluent.
0: Exactly, more affluent areas. More um, corporates are driving, you know, the 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 uptake of design thinking, and those that can afford, essentially, drive the narrative. Right. And, and drives the, the the
1: design thinking hmm. space. And do you have some uh what is your take on how to make how to uh, give design thinking to the masses, how to share the approach, how to share the mindset and maybe the skills. Have you seen some encouraging examples?
0: There there are some um, initiatives where people are trying to combine elements of online and uh, in-person training for design thinking. But even there, you still have a situation where people can't access or don't have access to technology, Mm -hmm. cannot fully participate. And so um, I think it will require more of a... um, Maybe getting to a point where we let go and, and, and make it a norm to, to you know, do design thinking in various spaces or developing programs that allow for people to participate regardless of the context. Or what, regardless what is the
1: thing of, that we need to let go of?
0: Um, let go of the notion that design thinking is only for those that have access or those that have opportunities and um, creating more opportunities for people to, for example, I'm thinking about what if we were to start running programs in in the townships, for Mm -hmm. example,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: creating opportunities for people in the townships to be exposed to design thinking so that they are able to apply it in their own personal lives or their own projects or um, businesses that they are trying to develop. Right. Um, What if we were to start moving design thinking away from, you know, institutions of higher learning um, and take it to a more informal um, context?
2: Right, right.
0: And, And what if we were to start running um workshops with communities you know individuals in within communities so mm. that they start thinking differently about their own lives and start empowering themselves so that they can see themselves as having the capabilities to change their own lives and empower themselves so that they are able to you know um change their own um situations because we have a lot of high unemployment rate in in South Africa and even on the continent especially youth unemployment and part of the reason is because people don't see themselves as having enough um capabilities Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. To, to improve their lives or you, to, yeah. to find alternatives.
1: And you, you think design thinking could give them an approach, the skills to actually change their own life for the better?
0: Exactly. I, I believe that um, the, the skills that we teach in design thinking and the, the change in the mindset could be a, a starting point right. in in helping people realize that they they have the power, they have the capability, they just need a different mindset. They need a shift in the mindset so that they start valuing themselves and trusting in their own creativity and, and knowledge and capabilities.
1: So what kind of... <clears throat> um, because I think a lot of the things in the design process are really approachable accessible to most of us but what are the sort of barriers that we've built that we now need to break down again to yeah to to make it more inclusive for everyone
0: yeah so i think some of the 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 barriers that we've built is that often we talk about the way we we communicate um what design design or design thinking is from it's never really inclusive. Mm-hmm. It's always from a a, a certain um, perspective or a certain context. It's never about um, it's never about speaking to the listening of everybody or making it more accessible by even using references that are, that make sense or resonate with mm. the people. Mm. It's always using examples you know for example, a lot of people that talk about design thinking would use examples from silicon valley
1: right
2: right or, right right
0: or, they'll, or or they'll make reference to a european um company yeah. or organization yeah. that has used design thinking or has used design mm. and and that that removes it from the context it makes it this far removed right. reality that right. doesn't really resonate with me if i'm in a village in malawi or in some other place in africa
1: yeah because it, we've now we're showing examples where the design approach uh, has been used to solve business oriented challenges maybe public yeah. service oriented challenges But we also need examples where the design approach has also led to solving, I wouldn't say trivial issues, but issues where the common man and woman has to deal with on a a day-to-day basis. basis.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Exactly. A long time ago, I think it uh, was with um, Sarah from Snook who was on the show. We had a conversation about there's a difference between letting people participate in the design process and being a a design expert i don't that's not the right word but it's like um it's good when people know how to write that still doesn't make them a best-selling author but you know because they know how to write they uh, they have the ability to change the life Uh, is that something is this is also the, the the direction you're heading in with your thinking like Giving people the basic skills?
0: Yes, because I think if I if I don't, if I'm not aware, if I'm not made um, to see the value of what I have as a person, chances are I'm always gonna sit somewhere in the corner and feel sorry for right. myself. Right. But as soon as I get some kind of exposure. And start realizing and start seeing value in me, then I become empowered and I become more independent mm. and I become more capable mm. and i'm I'm willing to go and try stuff out because I am empowered and I am away, and I am taught to you know to try stuff out
1: so and yeah. and
0: I, and I feel like that is currently lacking because we always. Even when we talk about um, education, for example, we're always talking about education from a point of, you know, formal education.
2: Right, we never right.
0: talk about education from a, you know, even the people in rural communities, there, there is a level of education there there is a level of knowledge and expertise that they have. Mm. But we we don't acknowledge that. We're always looking at um, education as, you know, formal going to a university and getting a qualification. and and, and,
1: so and yeah and the skill of co-creation the skill of asking questions the skill of prototyping that's not something that you need to go to a university to right exactly. that's an approach you can apply the next day so exactly uh, yeah to sum up this this topic i think it would be good if people know examples where the design approach design thinking has been used to solve day-to-day challenges let us know if you have some examples uh down below can you, well, let's move on into the second topic because i know that that one is also dear to your heart just as uh as this one and you already yeah. hinted a little bit um on this one and this one is called designing for sustainability and i invite you again and- to come up with ah how can we
0: yeah So, my question is, how can we design for sustainability? Um, I mean, conversations around sustainability have been around for quite some time. And every year, almost every year, there is a big gathering to talk about sustainability and how countries and, you know, communities should be striving for sustainability. But in reality, there is no, what is lacking is the practical how-to.
2: Mm. The,
0: the tools that empower you know, indi- individuals so that they are able to um, work their way towards or prototype their way towards a more sustainable way of living and, 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 and being essentially.
1: It, it stays uh, an abstract concept like yeah exactly. everybody yeah
0: everybody's talking about it and we all we have policies countries have policies and we we put it on paper but the the practicality the the how the
2: mm.
0: you know the tools the basic tools that helps us get there and and there's always this thinking that Sustainability is just going to happen at once. But right. in reality, we should be prototyping our way towards it. We should be starting small, you know, with small um, projects or small initiatives and multiple initiatives that c- together can create a, an impact.
1: So let's let's talk a little bit about the how, because this is, like, like I said, probably a topic you think uh, a lot about. Yes. What are some of the... Practical th- things you've seen people do that actually help to uh, deliver sustainability.
2: sustainability.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So one example in 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 the Western Cape here, there is a an institute called the Sustainability Institute. It's in the Stellen- Stellenbosch area,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and for the past twenty years. It's now a village, a fully fledged village where they started off small, a, a, a small group of individuals came together to establish this community. And they've set up mechanism to make sure, for example, the houses in that area are built using, you know, uh, sustainability principles. There is even a school in the, in the community. There is a, a food Um, garden that supplies food to the community so it's things like that where a group of individuals can come together and prototype their way into living a more sustainable
1: life but that sounds Um, yeah that's a pretty big um still a big thing i'm trying to imagine I, I'm watching and listening to the service design show and I'm going to work on a challenge uh, next month. A new project is starting and I would like to actually embed sustainability in that project. How Do you have some tips for us how to actually make that happen? What, what, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, so one, one way of doing it is, A, is finding people that share similar interests. Because often we want to start something, but we only, you know, I as an individual, I'm only one, you know, small element. So finding people that share similar interests is a good starting point. And then starting your your project by, for example, identifying one small thing, for example, that could be as little as how do we manage um you know, maybe let's say we want to reduce our water consumption. Mm-hmm. So how mm-hmm. do we start by, you know, maybe monitoring how much water do we spend? And right. in, in which areas do we spend that water? And what are the, the little steps that we can take to make sure that we reduce our water consumption? Because, for example, Cape Town had a, a serious um, drought scare last, um, for the past couple of years. And it was just a matter of, you know, even amongst friends, starting with the conversation, how do we, you know, we need to start reducing our water consumption, starting by making sure that, for example, if I don't need to flush a, you know, I don't need to flush a toilet if I'm, you know, it's not necessary. Right. And little things like that over time, they come towards something. And these are, are, are little, a, a little initiatives that. Because sometimes we think of sustainability as having to start this big project, but mm-hmm. it doesn't have to start as a big thing. It has to start with little things.
1: And I guess what I what I got from your example is, if you are able to make sustainability part of the initial design challenge, then. Yeah. It, you become aware that this is something you want to find a solution for, right? So, exactly. just like exactly. and making it part of the challenge, part of the problem that you're trying to solve, that will already, uh, I guess, infuse their conversation.
0: Exactly, and and also having um, different perspectives on 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 the on the project that you're working on as well, because mm. sometimes we get caught up in our own, you know, thinking. And we get consumed by it and we forget that there are other perspectives or other voices that could have contributed to making it even better.
1: So if people would like to um, learn more about designing for sustainability, what would be the go-to place that you would recommend people see, visit, read, watch?
0: So there is a couple of um, writings. For example, there is what is called, and and I think Lara spoke about it, the Desis Lab. Yes, the Desis Lab. Um, There is a website where people post uh, various projects that they are working on. But there's also a couple of books that are written by various authors, such as um, uh, Ezio Manzini, lara herself has also written a couple of papers around um the topic um but there are also other authors that have written quite a bit there is a wealth of knowledge and and articles and books on design for sustainability
1: well we'll share a few of your favorite uh, uh resources Link. down below in the show notes okay all right, okay. we have one more topic to go. And um, I, I think this will be a good one as well. This one is uh, in words, pretty short. It's called curriculum. Uh, <laughs> when will? <laughs> yes. Um,
0: so my question around this one is, when will we um, develop a context-relevant curriculum Hmm. that empowers young people so that they are able to contribute or or plow back or give back to their communities because currently the, the curriculum is so focused on what is happening elsewhere and we end up with a situation where we're producing graduates that are that end up being unemployable.
1: So up, what kind of curriculum are we talking about?
0: Education curriculum. So, Regarding um,
1: design, design thinking, service design. Yeah.
0: D- design it, it can be design, it can uh-huh. be curriculum. Okay. In other disciplines yeah, 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 well. yeah okay, yeah. yeah. Because even, even if you look at um, examples as a student, even myself, when I studied design, a lot of the examples that I was referred to were either European or American. Hmm. And, and I am here in this context. And, and those are things that I have no real in-depth knowledge of. So the examples that I was referred to were difficult for me to, They I couldn't really relate to them. I did the projects that I was required to do, but I feel that I could have, Done more had I looked for examples that are relevant to me.
1: Hmm. So there is a there is a gap between the theory and the the practice part. I guess it, it, that, that's pretty common in education. At least I I don't know. Yeah, right. The,
0: <laughs> one of the one of the 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 key questions that i i kept on asking myself after i completed my own studies was okay i've learned design but how do i how does that help me be able to contribute back to my own community to my own society am i actually able to use what i learned to solve problems in my own community
1: and, it, it and, a
0: is, lot of, yeah. and a lot of the times I found myself not being able to answer that right.
1: question. Right. And, and is that, for instance, a thing that should be part of the curriculum, like uh, helping students to figure out how their new skill, exactly how, how they will actually use it in, in practice?
0: exactly because remember what what is the role of an academic institution is to contribute towards um um empowerment of you know um citizens or or um you know people that are part of a society or a community that is what the role of academic institutions is is that they are supposed to be contributing towards Upskilling or empowering people so that they are able to contribute to society. Mm-hmm. And and if if people are trained, they acquire skills, but they aren't able to use those skills to contribute back to society, then we are failing.
2: This.
1: Right, right. It, it's a waste of uh, of effort and energy on everybody. And taxpayers uh, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So again the question have you seen examples where that are hopeful where you've seen people bridge this gap
2: i
0: i think there there are initiatives there are projects but my argument is that it shouldn't be a project hmm. it shouldn't be it should be part of the curriculum it should be a standard in all the curriculum um for example I ran a a challenge a design challenge with students in December where um we asked them to um design a a future proof approach to teaching and, and learning uh uh-huh. and, and basically one of the ideas that emerged from that challenge was um that students think that there should be a, a much stronger link between industry, community, and academia. Mm-hmm. So should be; it should become a standard for students to work on, on, um, on projects or assignments that require them to engage more with communities so that they don't lose the, the connection with community and, right. and not lose connection with industry as well as academia, because at times a lot of the learning happens in academic institutions, mm. in lecture halls, in in the academic studios. But what we want is students that are, at the end of their qualifications, are able to reintegrate into society <laughs> and, solve, and solve problems that um, affect societies.
1: Right. So you're a program manager. You have the, I guess, opportunity to influence how a curriculum looks like. What are some steps that you have taken to actually put this into practice?
0: So a lot of the um, projects that I work on and programs that I, I, I design are more around, uh, for example, working on challenges like um, uh, reducing... Oh, or increasing the uptake of, um, you know, health services in rural communities. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we improve the, the experience of rural communities? Because a lot of the feedback that we got when we went with the students to interview rural communities in countries like Malawi to find out why, why are they not... Um, continuing with their, uh, you know, uptake of um, health services. A lot of them um, mentioned the fact that the experience that they had when they visited a local clinic was so bad that they, you know, they decided that, you know, I'd rather not go anymore. And so things like that were getting students to realize that, Design is not just about you know the tangible products that we often um, associate it with it's also about designing experiences better experiences for for people so that they um, they're able to see value and and um, and still you know live a better mm. fulfilling life mm. so design is more than just the you know the the aesthetics. There is more to yeah. it than that.
1: Yeah. But basically, exposing students as soon as possible to exactly. real life examples. Yeah. Exactly. Re- rather than exactly. The, the classroom environment. Exactly,
0: because mm. the, the the classroom environment is more curated. Yeah. And it, it's 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 in a way superficial.
2: Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm.
0: still a real world out there that they need to. Um, Integrate back to and work in. And so, continuously doing that throughout their university life prepares students better for that world. So Mm -hmm. that when they go back, when they're done with their studies, it's not a new thing that they need to relax. It's
1: it's a continuation of what they've been doing. It's a continuation of
0: what they've been doing.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Can you, uh, uh we could talk for uh, another uh, half an hour for sure, but uh, we sort of need to head towards the end of uh, this episode, but not before I've given you the opportunity. And I know that you haven't prepared for this, but uh, the <laughs> opportunity to ask us, the viewers and the listeners of the service design show um, a question. Is there anything you'd like to ask us? So one
0: of the questions that I um have is especially for the for those that are practicing in the service design space what other than um, you know the the tools what else is um, and and you know improving services what else is um, what else is um, service design or what else does service design offer?
1: Next to the tools and the methods. Next right. to
0: the tools and the methods.
1: All right. Let's see what happens. Please respond down below in the comments. Or if you're listening to the podcast, uh, go to the YouTube episode and respond there. You, uh, uh thanks so much for sharing your perspective on this. I think we had some uh, uh, topics on the show that we haven't covered that much. So... Uh, Thanks for, for letting us pick your brain.
0: <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. It's been really great to chat to you, and um, I think I've, as I was talking, I also came up with even more questions that I <laughs> would
1: like answers to. That's that's exactly what we're trying to achieve here. Not not giving answers, but asking questions. Um, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thank you. So we're almost at the end of this episode. If you enjoyed it, I'd really appreciate it if you grab the link and share it with just one other person today. You'll not only help to grow the Service Design Show family, you'll also put a smile on someone's face. Thanks again for listening to the Service Design Show. It was great having you. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll catch you in two weeks time with a brand new episode. See you then.